welcome to another episode of the Fezzik Focus, brought to you by pregame.com here on RJ Bell's Dream Preview Podcast feed. I'm Scott Sadenberg alongside AJ Hoffman and the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Fez, how we doing? I am excellent, and I'm looking forward to getting your gentleman's feedback on a controversial item I'm going to be discussing today in my Fez Tales. Well, let's get Is to it. Is this about uh, transgender and women's athletics? I, of course, Less controversial? I'm not going to touch the topic about <laughs> why this is the most ludicrous topic ever. Then no one could. I'm just possibly kidding. Right, let's not go there. I'm okay, not going to yeah, go there. We're not going to go there, no matter what. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, let's. Start I have off no this comment. Ep- let's start off this episode with a fez tale. What's on your mind? All right. So I'm going to go way back in time. Before I was like betting sports seriously, I first cut my teeth playing some blackjack when I was like 23, 24. This is like the late 80s. All right. And so I grew up, my first exposure to, like, gambling books and to gambling people was with Blackjack. And we'd even have, like, a Blackjack um, get-together, green chip get-together quarterly where all the Blackjack good players would all discuss methods. I went to the Blackjack ball for several years, actually placed third, which is a miracle because I'm not that good of a Blackjack player. Why do they call it the Blackjack ball? Is it like a dance? It you, you had to dress up. Well, you, you didn't have to dress up, but you had to bring like a a, a bottle of good champagne, meaning huh. like like a dome, a bo- for, at least a bottle of dome. Jack. So this was when Max Rubin was hosting it, and so I went there several times, and they'd have a they'd have a quiz, miscellaneous gambling questions, like twenty of them, and who the top four who answered the most questions advanced to the final four, and I was lucky enough to guess right on enough questions to make the final four once. But if there's one thing that kind of was consistent is that blackjack players pretty much, at least back then, I don't think anything has changed. They don't like casinos. Mm -hmm. All right. We are kind of and it makes sense in many ways, because all you see is casinos everywhere you go. The casino is taking advantage of players. All right. They're they're. The payouts on the slots are atrocious. The Keno, they're holding 20%. If you're a bad player, you can bet a zillion dollars. You can bet as much as you want for as long as you want and get pummeled. But my goodness, should you actually find a edge against a casino, they cry like little babies. They are like, you, you, like how could you do that to me, you know, and, and, and the like. So blackjack players have almost a contempt for casinos where they feel like it's almost like I'm being taxed unfairly by the king and I'm going to rebel. And if I can if if I can get a 5% edge, you know, I'm going to do it. If I get a huge edge because the casino's sloppy, if I'm not breaking the law, do anything wrong, I'm going to take advantage of it best I can as long as I can doing every possible legal way to including but not limited there'd be guys that would like you know, go in in wheelchairs so they could be lower to the ground so they could see the dealer's whole card. Oh, oh wow. my goodness. All right. Things, th- things like that. And I was brought up in all that. It's like, hey, that's the cost of doing business. If you're a casino and you're sloppy, um, one time at the Hard Rock, they dealt an LSU football game. LSU plus 35 against Louisiana Monroe. You know what? Cost of doing business. If you're so fucking incompetent that you're going to put LSU as a 35-point dog and get the sign wrong, well, then if somebody comes in and plays 100 parlays, $90 away, um, which I know a guy that did this, parlaying LSU plus 35 to everything, that's perfectly fine. I, I don't see anything like I, – I, I didn't see anything greatly wrong with it back when I was in L.A. and I was coming up to Vegas. And it's like, but that's, that's, what, that's what Vegas does to all the tourists. 
sure. every, you know, every, every, you know, basically, I mean, not to that level, but you get the idea. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, there are sports book managers. They have no problem putting out a ties lose parley card on a Super Bowl with number of fumbles lost one number yeah. of sacks four number of interceptions thrown two ties lose. Right. I, I, where the house edge is like the, the gaming commission would never approve it. The house edge is so high. So almost by definition, when a casino or a sportsbook manager cries about how they're being taken advantage of, it, it, it's very hard for me to have a lot of sympathy. Now, having said that, that this was when I lived in L.A. And I would, and, and I, I'd be the first one to say, you know, if you're in Louisiana or Texas and you come to Vegas and you spot something like this, I say go for the jugular. You, you, <laughs> I mean, there is no reason that you're not, you're not in one, not in your home state or your home casino. Do whatever it takes legally to to, to win. Now, having said that. I live in Vegas, so um, and you don't it, want to bite the only hand, exactly. And 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 I have relationships, and I have players that want to play, and I recommend books for them to play in, and so and 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 places let me play, and they're very for the most part, and they're very generous about it. Um, not you know maybe they might back me off a little, but still allowing me to play, and they know I'm going to win in the long run, and so because of that. All right, I pump the brakes, and I'm like, I'm like, they're, they're, you know, they're playing ball. I'll play ball, and I'll, you know, and, and and I'll be cool. If a number's like really off, I'll just tell them, hey, you know, LSU should be fair against Louisiana Monroe. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't do anything like that anymore. But I would have back in the '90s. Don't get me wrong, I would have jumped at it. Um, I remember one time there was a game at the Imperial Palace. Reno was playing UNLV, and they got the start time wrong. So it was in the second quarter, and the parlay card still had. It listed it starting at 2 o'clock, and I said, oh, I wonder if I play that game, if it'll say the game is starting. Nope. It flew right through. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's dance. You know, I mean, that's again, that's that's the casino's cost of doing business. They're doing plenty of things with ties lose parlay cards and with um, and the like, taking advantage of other ill-informed people, and I, I don't see any difference, really. Now I see the difference because I'm like, all right, I, I mean, I, I, I've got to preserve my my places to play at, and I can't take shots like that if they, um, but it, I mean, it's a difficult question. Let me ask both of you, what do you think about my stance? That if if you're not from Vegas, just do whatever you want. But if you're a pro and you live here, you 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 really can't. yeah. Like if there's if there's if you're here for t- two weeks, and you're going to be banned from the MGM sports book, who cares? Yeah. Now, I will say this. If you are someone who regularly goes to the MGM and you've built up a bunch of points and uh, you get free room and stuff, you might not want to burn that. Exactly. So now, if they're. But most places will match, right? Yeah. So if they're treating you right, if they're treating you well, I think they built up some equity with you. Yeah. If if a sports book is a top five sports book and they're giving you comps. And they're, you know, allowing you to play. I think they built an equity with such that if you put up a line and BYU is playing Utah State and BYU should be 12, laying 12 and they put Utah State minus 12, I think you then, then, all right, you tell them. You say, you know, hey, the number's up. But I'm perfectly fine with you just betting it, you know. Yeah. And, and you know what? If they can't see also, hey, wait a minute. I got A.J. Hoffman betting this game. Wait a minute. Does this line look right to me? It's just like, you know, um, and, and the one thing that really stood out to us the most when we started coming to Vegas is the utter um, – I'm trying to th- think of the way to describe it. Um, everyone does their job, and nobody tries to get extra credit, okay? Meaning if if the sports sportsbook um, guy that's responsible for the lines 
puts up a bad number. It's remarkable how, and this is in Chris Andrews' book where they once put up, they put up uh, allegedly, I don't know if this is a true story, they put up um, hockey teasers where they gave each side plus five and a half. <laughs> All right. And so that's an example. Of, well, that's the story. I don't know if it was really true, but, and they once put up um, Roxy Roxborough Red, like they're going to put up totals on Ivy League games. And they and Roxy's like, okay, so make Princeton ninety seven, and they put up one ninety seven. They thought it was like he was just being too cool for school, not putting the one, you know. So they didn't realize, yeah. no, it's just ninety seven. Uh, back before the shot clock and the like. But the, <laughs> I mean, but on stuff like that, like that's in the book. But I wonder, like, is it true? I guess it had to have been. Um, but do you not have one competent employee, you know, that's working ticket writer, mm-hmm. you know, um, a cocktail waitress, pit boss manager, that just go, Hey, that number is wrong. You know, it's, it, it's almost like, how can everyone not realize, you know, and it's almost like, well, if, if the entire staff is that incompetent, if Starbucks is going to let me buy a steak for 99 cents, I should be able to buy as many as I want. So here's my question. I, I, I'll ask both of you this. This is a morality question. I suppose. Let's say you're playing blackjack. And you push. You've got 17. Dealer's got 17. And they the dealer pays you. Yeah, you take it. I you take move it. On. You take it? Yeah, every time. You're actually— Is, is it stealing? Like, do you not. feel guilty about it? Or is it just— it's, No, of course not. It's not my job. I see dealers, like, okay. I see dealers take yeah, guys' they're, money. They're, they're moving too fast. I, dealers, I, dealers, sometimes the dealer will grab, will grab my chips when I push. Yeah, and all, I go, all the I go, time. I go, I go, whoa, 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 whoa. I go, exactly. I got 19. And then they go— uh, sorry, sorry. And, and, yeah. and, and 80% of the time, the, the, that might be high. 78% of the time, the mistake is against the player. I see oh, I'm sure it's happened. All the time. The yeah, dealer, okay. the, the, and, and, like, and actually, the dealer will be mad at you if you correct the dealer when they pay you because now you're calling them out for the, the pit boss has to come over and authorize. And now you just expose the dealer for having made a mistake. So that it, it, it absolutely not. And, and I, I had I had a I, I called the pit boss over one time because the dealer did it twice to me and I was down a lot of money. So I was losing and twice I had pushed and they grabbed my chips because I mean, I was losing every hand. So they were so used to taking my chips. And so the first time I was like, whoa, whoa, I pushed the second time. I, I was like, this is the second time you did this. And then I waved the person over and I go, this is the second time they did this to me. And, and it was like, I'm sorry, sorry, you know, no, new person, just started. Breaking dealers, uh, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. You, know, be, 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 you know what, I, I have no sympathy because th- this is the sort of thing, you know, if you're not good at, 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 at this, go home and practice. You know that's that that's what you see. All these guys that become CEOs, they like they they they, they practice till their their fingers bleed on on, on any and any entry level job with things like that. But I've seen the situation, and literally everyone's such a stone cold sucker. I've seen people like get short paid by a dealer, and three hands later they're tipping the dealer. It's yeah. like what is wrong with you? You know, it's like if I you know if, if I go through McDonald's and I give a guy twenty for a five dollar Happy Meal, you know, and and, and he gives me five dollars back for change. Uh, I'm not tipping him the rest of his life. I'm sorry that <laughs> now I, I have I have a friend who is actually banned from one of the uh, from a couple of properties out here because they're multiple owners. Uh, I'm not going to say which, but the dealer incorrectly gave him back an extra twenty five dollars, mm-hmm. and he didn't say anything. Yeah, and then kept playing, and they came up to him. Security came up to him and said. You stole $25. Like, they said you grabbed an extra chip that was on the table. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they said, we have you on camera taking an extra $25 chip that was on the table. And he's like, well, maybe the dealer paid me the $25, but I didn't reach and take $25. And they said, 
well, with all due respect, we're going to have to ask you to leave. And they said, you're no longer allowed at our property. To be fair, probably what happened is your friend probably was told you can either give the $25 chip back or you're going to have to leave. Because I've seen this happen, mm. you know, where they've where the way it's I feel so, like I would have wanted to see the video, like if someone accused me of that. Yeah, I'm sure his friend knew, though. I'm sure he. Well, was, yeah, I mean, he I knew. Mean, that yeah. He's like the dealer paid me out twenty five yeah. extra dollars. Yeah, but I'm, but but but, but he's almost, like he's like I didn't steal it. He's like the deal. He's like I want a hand. He's like he was playing fifty dollars. He's like he was playing seventy five dollars a hand. This happens, and the dealer gave him four greens. This happens instead in, of three. This happens in sports, and it happens in blackjack all the time. And almost universally, what happens is that the casino asks for the money back. And if you don't give it back, you get barred. All right. So this has happened to me, um, like in sports. Um, one time, I, I'm always so busy. I, I, I think I owed like $880 at station, and they paid me $880 at Green Valley Station. So the next time I came in, they said, "Steve, you know, got to talk to you." You know, and and they asked me, and I said, "Oh, that no problem." You know, I'm, I'm sure. You know, I'll. Um, but if if I had said no, I'm sure they would have said, "Well, then we just can't have you play there anymore." And, and one time. I can't remember if it was a thousand or five thousand dollar chip, but I think it was five thousand. I got I got paid five thousand dollars extra at the Barbary Coast once. What? And so how does that yeah, happen? It, it's because it's like you get paid six chips instead of five. You know, it it, it does happen. It's the wild wild west. And so, you know, Jimmy Vaccaro once said he made he, when asked about a big discrepancy. One he once said. He asked he, to the employee. He says, "Did you steal it?" Is the guy's like, "I'm not. I'm not balancing by a hundred thousand. He's like, "Did you steal it?" No. Well, then they let accounting figure it out. You know, and we'll let surveillance figure out what happened. Okay. Yes. Um, but I'm. I'm. It's hard for me to have a lot of sympathy for the casino. I look at all this like dealers overpaying, dealers flashing hole cards. Um, okay, in the past, maybe they could take a hammer to, to people's hands and the like. But it's the cost of doing business. If you if, if you make mistakes. It's got, you know what? Don't make mistakes. Have check. Have guys check. I, I'll, I'll use an example, guy. We both know. I firmly believe if you if you gave Brad Powers, you know, we're about to go. We're about to go live with every one of our lines. Brad, can you take a look at it? Spend thirty eight seconds. I don't think he. I, know, I don't think he'd ever miss a line off by ten. He'd go boom, 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 boom. No mistake. I mean, and yet. Most casino employees lack the competence to be able to do that because they're just doing the spreadsheet. They don't really, they don't know how good LSU is, and they don't know how good other teams are. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just you know inputting. Like, what's numbers. the requirement to get that job then? Like, if you don't know, what, like, how do you get that job? Got to know somebody. It's all juice. Everyone who has a job in Nevada for years and years, it was just you had to know someone who knew somebody. You know, that's okay. and that's why, in many ways, Nevada has remained a dinosaur for years and years and years. In that uh, lack of innovation, because we never really, everyone we brought in was like my cousin Vinny, you know, to come in and yeah, and be able to you know work for me without having it's like you NFL know, head coaches. And, and he, it is very <laughs> very similar to the, and, the good old boys. But um, but I do think like like I said, you know, when when you're part of a community, like I'll, I'll be the first to admit, if I if I spend guys, if I spend a weekend in Minnesota and I go to sports books, you know, of course, I'm going to do anything that legal to win. You know, if like if they put up a bad number, you know, and they have a $500 limit on something, I, I all right, shoot me. I'm sorry, I'm a bad guy. I'll bet it $400 times four if I'm in Minnesota. Hmm. You know, it's just that's that's the way I'm programmed. I'm like, I can't help myself. It's like get the number right. You know why? Because you're cheating every everyone around me at that casino is being cheated, and but by 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 and being short paid by such a great extent that edge I have on this bet 
is so much smaller than the edge the casino has against all these players that they're just plowing into the ground that I just I, I can't help myself. It's like, well, that's your job to stop me from doing that. I'm sorry. What do you guys think? Is that um, is is that cool that I go for the jugular when I'm traveling like that, or is that like I'm, am I being a nothing, jerk? Nothing wrong with that at if all. If there's nothing wrong with uh, keeping the payout from the dealer, there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. taking advantage of mistakes. Uh, all right, let's get into XFL. What week are we in, Fez? This week seven. We're into week seven now. Yes. Have it, you have you changed? I'm curious. Last week when we talked about your power rankings. You did not have the undefeated DC Defenders number one. Has that changed? Yes, I do have DC number one now. They still have very mediocre underlying stats. But at some point when you're 6-0, you're taking care of the ball. And impressive win last week. So because of that game and beating Houston handily by 11, even though they lost the stats by a lot... (laughs) I um I went like they get a pick six every week though. Yeah, they got a pick six at the end of the first half, and that it was it was a one point game, and then it turned into a nine point game, and that was all she wrote in that game. Uh, I still think I really nothing has changed. I still the South Houston's going to win the South, and there's three teams that, that can win the North: DC, Seattle, maybe St. Louis, but either really either DC or Seattle, and DC will be home, so they'll have the edge. I think they're going to be home in the playoffs. Um, I don't think they're going to be doing the playoffs just in Texas. And the travel is a big advantage for Houston because they they're going to be in Texas seven of the ten weeks, whereas Seattle and DC are are flying out like seven of ten weeks. So because of that, um, I still have I I I, I reloaded. I played more Houston to plus two sixty this week, um, and I, I do think Houston plus two thirty is still a very very good bet. I can't see any scenario that they're not in the playoffs as a major favorite in the semifinals, and then about close to a pick them in the finals. Who's the other team from the West, you think, or the South, excuse me, that makes the playoffs? Uh, none of them. They they all stink. <laughs> I mean, one of them has to make it, obviously. Like, do you, like, yeah, I guess so. Um, uh, San Antonio. It's obviously not Orlando. So Orlando's it, not going to win a game. <laughs> um, San Antonio's on their third string quarterback, and their entire line, line is injured. So Arlington is going to make the playoffs, and they're terrible. They have no offense. Uh, Bob Stoops is a pretty good coach. But uh, they have the worst offense. So it's like a free a free walk for Houston, essentially, is what it feels like. Whereas the other team, it's more of a toss up on who's going to be there. I think Arlington's going to be yes, good. And in the North, it is it, it is DC's favored, but um, certainly. Um, what like what when you power rate these teams? What's the gap between? Say DC and Houston, and then Houston and Seattle, who I assume is your your third best team. Yeah, DC's a five and a half, Houston's a four, Seattle's a three. Right. Oh, now. so there's more of a gap between DC and Houston than I would have thought you'd have. How but, much? What was your adjustment based on this week? I I bumped DC up two points just because I wanted to be lockstep with the market. I don't really believe this, okay, but I want to put a number that's somewhat reasonable with the overall market, and with that, up, just by example. I have the Orlando game lined at eight and a half. All right. And so I still like Orlando plus 10. It's very hard, though, because they're coached by Buckley and he's, he's one of the worst coaches I've ever seen. <laughs> so, like, do I want to back an absolutely an, a winless team with an absolutely terrible coach that, like, you know, throws his headset and screams when, when all his players are messing up? And it's like, yeah, but you're, you're the worst player. On the, you, you know, you, you're, you're, you're the very worst of all the, 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 the um, slots on your team. So yell at yourself. Um, having said all that, I'll probably give Orlando to my clients as long as they stay plus 10. I'm still holding out for a plus 10 and a half. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of support for Orlando by the public in that game. So who knows what happens game day. 
They're so bad. Uh, well, so bad. The action starts on Friday. Seattle taking on Arlington, and Seattle is a five-point road favorite. Is that too high? Probably. Um, well, I make it by numbers four and a half, and this happens all the time as as a as a league goes on, mm-hmm. it gets harder and harder because I, the numbers kind of converge to what my power ratings are. So every week, I like literally the numbers came up like stupid number limit bet, stupid number limit bet. And now this week, I was like, ah, pass, ah, pass, ah, lean. No stupid numbers. No, no stupid numbers anymore because now everybody knows. Everybody knows DC is the best team, and Houston is the second best team, well, and Orlando is the worst team. Actually, San Antonio is worse than Atlanta right now. But you know what? People are aware of that. That's why a god-awful Vegas team is laying three against San Antonio. Well, when you say people are aware of it, like I would think if I'm Circa, and I know you're showing up, and you're, I'm assuming you're the only person showing up and hammering these XFL numbers the now, minute somebody they're beat, open. Somebody beat me to the punch. Someone took Orlando plus 12. I got, oh, I, 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 you I, got I, swooped? I got, I, I, got, I got swooped. Somebody, somebody was ready faster than I was this week. And it because... NCAA game was going on, oh. and I was live betting that. And and I'll go back to, like, you got to live bet. You just have to live bet. There's, like, I'll go back. There was controversy, controversy. If you're live betting and you're trying and you're not winning, I do not believe you. I just don't believe you. It's like you got to show me how you could possibly be losing in live betting. And like, and someone's like, well, I've been playing against my bookie or whatever, and I've been losing. It's like, well, no, no. You need to you need to try. You need to have lots of outs. Mm-hmm. You know, like as an example, right now, Circus dealing um, live wagering on on the NIT game tonight. Um, the uh, of course, Harris Caesars is uh, William Hill was dealing it. Uh, you've got it in offshore places. So like literally, if you've got like four outs, there's enough of a differential. You're almost paying no vig as you're playing the games. Now, why UAB didn't foul at the end of the game? I didn't watch the end game. But it's like amazing how all year long teams will foul, you know, down, you know, 12 points in the final minute. And then you'll see a championship game where a team's down six and you'll see like four points get scored in the final minute. Thank God I wasn't live wagering in the final 90 seconds. I would have gotten buried playing over. There were they were down uh, they were down four with like 40 something seconds left. Foul. I mean, that's the right well, move, hack him. But I think they thought, like, if we get a stop here and we score, then we'll start fouling. But the problem was North Texas buries a shot then, and if, now if, the game's over. If you bet North Texas money line, what do you want, do you want I, me to do? I want, I want, you, to, I want you to foul. Uh, or no, I, 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 want, I want you to let the clock run. Of course, Excuse me. Yeah, I, if course. I bet North Texas, because so. it's just it, it, everything has to go right. Having having a even a four point lead with eighteen seconds left is almost insurmountable. Whereas having no, I agree. You know, a six point lead with thirty four seconds left. Um, hashtag Jimmy Valvano. Hashtag North Carolina State. Hashtag four miracle wins. Fouling. Yeah. So, but with a lot of these live bets, like only being available during you know commercials. You don't have a lot of time. What you just have all the apps open on your phone. And you just check them all during the commercial and then I, fire I, off the best ones. I've got they're on the the Don Best screen, so okay. I, I can look and see as they pop up. But mm-hmm. but I I got to tell you, I've been I'm I'm ready. I'm 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 literally even though there's no lag, I'm going into Circa and I'm going into um, Caesars and I'm like I'm I'm, I'm constantly typing because I want to see that first number pop up. Mm. You know, and then oftentimes. Oftentimes, like let's say I like under, for instance, 
And one book puts up 35, and one book puts up 34 and a half. And then I see the 34 and a half at a sharp book, and I liked under, mm-hmm. and they immediately go to 34. I'm like, give me some under 135. Quick, hurry. Yes, got it. You know, it's like, and, and I try to only bet it during, you're right, during TV timeouts, because otherwise, it's, you have the spinning wheel of death where they're, do, are they going to prove you're under? Are they mm-hmm. going to prove you're under? For three, splash. Oh, you're approved. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how, many, how many times do you put the bet in, and then it's like, the current odds have changed. Your current odds have changed. But yeah. to be fair, and you know, and I'll tell Matt Metcalf this, and I'm sure he's aware. You know, I'm I'm betting live all the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, there are times where the the game has tipped like two seconds before. I don't I, now. I don't see it. Uh, my my TV is like eighty, like eight, maybe fifty seconds behind the yeah, actual. Yeah, when action. you're streaming, you're always behind. Yeah. But I, I literally, I can, I know what's happened because I can see the odds change at at, at a book like. At another book, so mm-hmm. it's not unusual. We're all see the total go from one thirty two to one thirty three and a half. I know someone just hit, hit a shot, and Circus still has the one thirty two. I'll bet it. It's that's not my yeah. job. It is not my job to monitor when the game has started, and I'm unaware. You know, I'm just looking at the underlying market, but I know that jump wouldn't have happened without there, you know, something favorable to the over happening. Oh, it's so wild! Like you know, like you're a sports book, you have to really be. Just on top of it. That's your job. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like It's imagine. hard. It's hard because, remember, you're earning. All you're doing is earning, and you don't want to piss off your customers. You don't want people betting at halftime, and then you say, the game is off when the game – but wait, we're at commercial still. What are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. Let me bet. I just want to play, you know? So that's it's, it, it actually is a very difficult thing for sports books to have to do. And now, if any sports books listening to me, if I ran a sports book, I would basically – Put some kind of alert, you know, where I'd say limits are now fifty percent. I would cut the limits in the fi- I, I would leave it up, and if I normally took two thousand, for instance, for a halftime, I'd, ch- I'd I'd lower my limits to a nickel in the final minute. In before. the final minute, I say game is about to to, to and now I'm protected, mm-hmm. and now you know what, and I'd leave it up until the game actually the first play went because the the sports books they pay extra to get like a an immediate feed, right? Like their yes. their feed is ahead of our feed. But even if their feed tells them. I believe that the game has started. They still ha- need a human being to take their little finger and click off on on the second half. Okay, it, it, it isn't that feed doesn't automatically feed into their system to tell them to take that off. Yeah, interesting. Uh, let's get back to the XFL on Saturday. We have a doubleheader: uh, San Antonio here in Vegas, and Vegas. What a matchup! Down to two and a half now. Uh, and you said that they're dumb enough to make Vegas a favorite. So it's... I would bet I'd bet Vegas minus two. I think really? Vegas will win. San Antonio, they're and it. I, I mean, I I don't have all these guys outlined. I can tell you, San Antonio. Every time I watch them, the announcers say, "Oh, and their fourth offensive lineman is out now." You know, their entire offensive line is now out from where they started, and they're on their third string quarterback. So, um, but the second string quarterback can play. I don't really understand that. So, if you don't have any quarterbacks, your running backs hurt, your receivers are banged up, and all your linemen are hurt. I don't see how you cannot be the worst team in the XFL again. You know, you're sleeping with the devil here, betting Las Vegas because their coach is uh, who is it? Uh, Woodson. He's terrible, also. So, and and he complains almost as much as Buckley about how bad his players are screwing up. But I'll say this: um, Vegas. They have some talent on offense, and they certainly should be able to put up points. And that, and San Antonio cannot score, so at at less than three, it's a go on Vegas. I wouldn't lay three, though. You mentioned Vegas scoring. Like, do we still like Vegas overs? That was something you talked about last week. We did until they scored six points last week. Ah. That was, but that, yes, um, directionally, that was the only game that I lost. But San Antonio is um, they, and you know what? I think. 
San Antonio has nobody on offense. Their whole team is injured, and Arlington has no offense at all. Those two teams, they both they just played back-to-back unders against each other. Those are very difficult teams to ask to score 40 points for you in a game. <laughs> uh, taking a look at the nightcap, it is the undefeated D.C. defenders at the winless Orlando Guardians, D.C. laying 10 with a total of 45. So we've seen this movie before, right, where in the NFL, where a winless team against a, you know, uh, a team that's just styling out there, playing, having a great year, and you take the home underdog catching double digits. So I, I see, and, and you look statistically at these two teams, they're not far apart at all. Now, when Orlando turns it over six times and they lose 38-3, to three, everyone will say I'm an idiot, but I'll bet Orlando. Has D.C. been a different team at home versus the road? Yeah, D.C.'s really good at home. They The beer snake, the lemons, they throw at the, at the refs <laughs> and, the, and the players and the soccer stadium and the noise. The noise. Like the, the Grinch that's still crossing. The noise, 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 noise with the kajingers and the jingles and the, and the beer snakes. Yeah, so you want to bet against D.C. on the road. Audi Field there in D.C. And then on Sunday, one game, the Battle Hawks at the Roughnecks, Houston laying three. Yeah, so I made this one five and a half. I maybe have got Houston overrated. Um, but um, St. Louis has a real nice home field advantage, so I want to bet against them on the road. Mm-hmm. And it's a good bounce back spot for Houston off of the phony loss to D.C. where they shouldn't have lost by 11. So um, I am interested in Houston but, uh, you know, I got to be honest, the more I do this, and this is true in the NFL also, I don't mind laying points in college football. I don't like laying points in any of the, the professional football. It just seems like the, the road to a really fine winning record goes through underdogs and not backing favorites of more than two and a half points. Well, that'll do it for the XFL, the four games coming up this weekend in week seven. But the final four is this weekend. Any betting advice for the final four, Fez? You know, it's very difficult because you got new, you know, the, the bigger stadium mm-hmm. the backdrop may throw teams off, but it sure looked like they switched out the ball that now that they're using a ball that it's more conducive for shooting and the like. Um, I really, I, I, I think that if Connecticut steams to six, yeah, here's the bet not to make. Connecticut minus six has to be wrong. I don't know if it's going to go to six. I, I'm really not sure, but it could. And they're completely the, the public side. And I know there's some out there saying, well, what's the difference between minus five and a half and minus six? You don't lose if they land six. Well, you, you, you do lose because you don't win, you know? So to use the extreme example, let's say the line should be six, right? Um, if you're laying five and a half, you're breaking even. If you're laying six, you're paying the VIG. So, I mean, that's in the long run, you're going 48, 48, and four. So you're going to lose. You're laying six, but you're going to go 52 and 48 and basically break even, lay five and a half. So don't play Connecticut minus six would just be my number one advice. What what do you guys think? I agree, and I I feel like the market is so sharpened on this game because I've watched the, the action on this game, and I've seen it hit five for two minutes, mm-hmm. and then it's gone. I've seen it hit six for two minutes, then it's gone. Five and a half is where the number's supposed to be. Like there, it's but this could today, but it could all change on game day. On sure. game, the public could get involved, and then it could go to six. And the the bets I made on the the tournament, it, like I've gotten CLV on one, and I've gotten negative CLV on the other. I, but I I also think like. I don't know if I'm as worried about CLV now as I am 
say when I when I place a bet Wednesday night and the game's going to go Thursday afternoon, like when there it, it's a uh, a quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. Like these markets are just so molded that like these are what the numbers are supposed to be. If if the number was way off of this, someone would have already swooped in and hammered it. And so if I'm off a half point, what, what I mean, what am I going to do? Like it's it's a half point. Would I prefer to have it? Sure, but I'm not going to panic about it. Like if and this actually, I had I was very good doing overnights for CLV purposes this season. But if I if I lay a bet on Wednesday night and I wake up Thursday morning and I've lost two points, I'm like shit. What what did I do wrong here? What did I see wrong? Uh, you don't worry about that in these in these games, at least. I will say there's a hundred thousand dollar limit at Circa. All right, if you're trying to pick the winner of the Final Four, you're picking the wrong sport. Yeah, it's time to start handicapping Aussie rules football or something with like really time. If you're betting a nickel a game, you should be betting a sport that has a nickel limit. You should be betting baseball props on strikeouts for whether Degrom will over under strikeouts. By the way, Degrom was on a pitch count today. And his over-under was as high as eight yep. with a 70-pitch pitch count. You know how hard it is to get nine strikeouts when you only throw 70 pitches? Mm-hmm. Well, no, Garrett Cole did it. Um, I was going to say. And so, <laughs> I think and, Dylan Cease did it, too. Did, did the, uh, did, but, well, DeGrom did it despite we were debating. He gave up more extra base hits than I think he gave up all last year. Nothing but doubles and triples. Yeah, and, and, like, and I did say, you know what? These, if I struck out a lot, he struck out seven. And I was saying, you know. It would be better if people were lining out and we got out of the inning than they were hitting yeah. triples and mm-hmm. he strikes out the next dude. But yeah. um, 73 pitches, didn't even make it out of the third inning. Uh, didn't even make it out of the fourth inning, and he still struck out seven. That's and the fourth wild. inning, talk about high drama. So it's the it's the fourth inning, and he's got seven. The total of most places, seven and a half, uh, shaded to the over on the VIG. And uh, the pitching coach comes out to see him. They talk. The pitching coach goes back out, and it's like, oh, boy, one he's going to have to go through two more batters. And I think he went one more batter. I'm not 100% sure of this. And then and they yanked him before the inning was over. I guess he hit over the 70 yep. pitches. You know. Yeah, they didn't want him to go. Uh, they didn't want him. He actually got an out. But it was a you know it was a, a, a deep shot. It was a, yeah. it was a hard line out to center field. And – they didn't want him to go another batter. You know, you could have gotten the the last out of the inning because there was two outs in the inning. But let's just say it's like you're running the risk. You had a plan. You had a pitch limit. You didn't want to let him keep going, and, and you never know what could happen. So after he got that second out, they just pulled him. Let me ask you. So you you only get, like, what, 33 starts for the year, something like as a starter? Yeah, most guys, yeah, if you stay healthy for the whole year. So our, around there. So our guy in Arizona got got beat up by the Dodger lineup. DeGrom got shelled. How much does that compromise them for Cy Young? I think a lot. I think it sets them back in a they, – they should give up five runs in a month. Well, And they just gave up five runs in five innings. It looks bad now, but when they go the next three starts only allowing one run and their ERA drops lower and lower and lower, it's – I always say uh, for a baseball pitcher, it's like college football. It's better to lose early than lose late. See, and I'm gonna and, I'm gonna disagree. I think it. I, I I agree with you in college football. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the year, all these stat geeks, all they're looking at is every inning counts the same. Yes, of course. But if you finish the year, like if you finish the year on, you know, a a, a fifteen inning scoreless streak, and your ERA in September is point eight nine. 
the writers are going to look at you a little differently than the way they looked at you in March. And, I'm not and, so and sure April. because I think they're watching college football and I think they already decided they're going <laughs> to vote for on August 18th. No, I think I, 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 I think be a, interesting to see. I think awards, know, momentum matter matters. I think awards are won at the end of the year. I mean, look, if Aaron Judge doesn't hit sixty-two, he doesn't win the MVP. Probably. Why? Well, I, well, I, I agree with that, but that's all that matters. I mean, he, he could have killed somebody and he would have won it because he hit sixty-two. Come on, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, that's like such a that, that, that's such a huge number. But if Aaron Judge had um, hit fifty-five, I. I think for hitters, maybe it matters more for pitchers. But I think I think they just they, they're like, well, show me the graphs on 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 you know which guy had the most wins after replacement for the year, and you know what, you give up five runs in three and a third innings. That's good. That's that is um, you just you, you cannot recover. You're going to have a lousy April. I don't care if you give up one run that for for a Cy Young guy on May fifteenth. DeGrom's going to look lousy compared to his competitors, you know, even if he pitches I, I, you know, you really could, well. You, you could be right because last year. Sandy Alcantara won the Cy Young in the National League. Clearly all year the most dominant uh-huh. pitcher in the National League. He had a bad September and October. Is that right? He he, he went uh he had six starts, posted a 2.93 ERA, which was his highest ERA of any month that he pitched last season. In 43 innings, he allowed 14 runs, the most runs he allowed in any month all season. And so, yeah, you can look six home runs, by far the most home runs he allowed in any month all so, season. So he was pitching only like a top 25 pitcher instead of a yes. Cy Young pitcher. But you look but at still the, a lot of, so many innings. Yeah, you look at the rest of the year where, you know, in May, in in the in April, Unhittable. he had a 178. Yeah. In June, a 189. July, he had a 212. So, like, I, yes, he was great all year. He had a very bad end of the year, but it didn't matter. He still won the award. I do see where Fez is coming from, though. Like, let's say I, and I don't, but let's say I had an Alec Manoa uh, Cy Young ticket, and I saw the way he pitched today. He leaves the game against the Cardinals. He's got a 13-and-a-half ERA after, mm-hmm. after game one. And then I also saw how Shane McClanahan pitched, how Garrett Cole pitched, yeah. how Dylan Cease pitched. It's like, holy shit, how how am I going to catch the – how Otani pitched? Like, do you, you see – okay, I started out with a 13.5 ERA. Everybody else is at zero or a .9. Like, how do I catch up with these guys – all right, well, here here we go. Cy Young Award in the American League. Let's see if the I don't these maybe these are updated right now. DeGrom favored, Garrett Cole second favored, Dylan Cease third favorite, Alec Manoa fourth favorite. No, it can't be updated. It's not updated. Because Manoa wouldn't be uh I and I don't think uh I, I don't think DeGrom would either. Yeah. DeGrom DeGrom got shelled. Yeah. yeah. Like I it, think it's time to cease betting anyone but cease. But yeah, again, Shane McClanahan Shane was brilliant. Guy. He yeah. was brilliant. Garrett Cole struck out like ten guys in the first four mm. innings. I, they, it was just there's some really really good pitching yesterday. Padres under ninety five wins, automatic win, right? They can they cannot recover. From it's it. over. It's, it's yeah, done. They, they lost to the Rockies. Head to the win. Head to the can't window. Do it. Right? The Angels speak. too. Oh, you bet Angels overs. They lost to the A's game one. There's no you can't. They possibly. lost. They lost. What was the final score? Two to one. It, you know, this you know is the they, irony. So Scott, the Scott we, we had the Angels, and Scott's telling me like Fez, it, it, it's one other. Like I'm, I'm like icy calm. We'll get, we'll, we'll get some scoring. Yeah, I didn't think we'd get it from the freaking A's. I thought, yeah, A's scored this, two runs in the bottom of the eighth inning. This was the big mistake the Angels made. They let Otani hand the ball to the manager, and then the manager handed the ball to another pitcher. That's when I knew it was over. No, the biggest mistake they made was uh, not hitting a guy who gave up 18 runs in 18 innings this spring and was making his, you know, 13th major league career, Scott, major league start. He struck out 24 guys in a row in high school. Oh, that's right, high school. He had a great high school. <laughs> Do you know this A's team? 
<laughs> had six players making their major league debut today. Yeah. Six. Wow. This is a triple A team. Is, so is this a three game series that they're playing? Yes. So so we're already we're we're, we're we're so we go to DEFCOM. How high did DEFCON go? Five. DEFCON so, five. So we're we're at DEFCON three, meaning so we're uh, if 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 by some miracle the A's win game two. We have to bet the Angels to avoid the sweep, right? I mean, that's just. I would like, bet my. I would bet my life on the Angels to avoid the sweep. I would scale back your bet size. <laughs> All right. Well, well, like maybe just maybe just bet like bet like your friend's knots. life. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe, a kidney, sure. Maybe like a finger. You can, okay. You can take a finger. If, oh, of course. If they, if they, of course. Yeah. Or you know what? Like the middle of my toes. Leave me like the th- the the big toe and the pinky toe, so I can balance myself. But if you want to take out like a toe in the middle. If the Angels get swept by the A's, yeah, we, we can do that. Here I come in on Monday and I'm missing a toe. It'll be fun. The Angels got swept by That'll the A's. Fun. Yeah. You, you see me like walking on crutches. That's hilarious. You're like, what happened, Scott? <laughs> well, remember when, <laughs> oh, I Tani, could, remember when I said you could take a toe? <laughs> Fez took it literally. Yeah. <laughs> he took a toe. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Major League Baseball, like, how are you approaching the, the early start of the baseball season, Fez, betting wise? Uh, I always do like. Do you live bet baseball? I do, but not nearly as much. Remember how he said, like, if you're live betting college basketball and you're not winning, you're lying. I don't believe you if you get your ducks in a row. If you tell me you're live betting MLB and you're losing, I believe you. Because <laughs> it's hard. It's a lot harder. Um, the I'll say this about my number one take. I used to check baseball scores. I'm like, my God, nothing happens. And now there was a game today where literally um, it went – I won Atlanta probably to the over, so I got that one. And I didn't give it out to my clients. I bet it personally. And it was in the sixth inning, and it was four two. Mm-hmm. It literally went from the bottom of the sixth to the bottom of the eighth during one Bruce Springsteen song. I don't know. I think it was Rosalita, so it was a long song. But you get the idea. Yeah. I mean, like, how is that possible? Yankees and Giants finished a five nothing game in what, two and a half hours. Quick work. It was yeah. the, it was like the shortest opening day in Yankees. One of the shortest opening days in Yankee history. Astros White Sox yeah. game was about the same two and a half hours. You know, it's quick. funny because there's you know there's purists and people arguing and and eventually you know eventually what's going to happen is they're going to say you know what in any game where there's a um, a four or less run lead in the ninth inning we're going to like extend the pitch clock for five seconds. I, th- I really think they're going to do something. Well, that's what Scott, I called Scott for, I called for like on, on, on the last straight out of Vegas. I said, if it's a save situation. And there it, you and, go. And I said, if it's a, and then you, can, you have to do it for the other team as well, the team that's winning. It has to be so, fair for but, both sides. But we already have, like, when you, you can't just say if it's a close game, because how do you define a close game? Well, Major League Baseball already does it for you. Mm-hmm. They define a close game by being a three-run game in the ninth. That is a safe situation. Perfect. So any three-run game in the ninth inning, no pitch clock. No one, no fan is upset with a slower pace of the ninth inning. What we have to avoid is this utter and ridiculous bullshit of a 9-2 game where the pitcher you know, wants to you know, maximize his ERA so he keeps like taking 38 seconds between each and every pitch. Um, I do think that we talked about how some of these pitchers are really not going to like this pitch clock and others are maybe excel with it. We saw some extreme tales. We talked about the Grand Salami, and maybe we want to avoid the under on a Grand Salami. And we saw that today where, for the most part, there was a lot of low-scoring games. The Salami sailed over. Why? Because the Ravens defeated the Patriots ten nine, the um, the Argonauts you know beat the Cardinals ten to nine, and the Steelers you know got beat by the Cowboys eleven eight today. There was you know three, 
okay, they're not football scores. What sport would that be? There were three volleyball scores. <laughs> yeah. I no, there, were, there was a lot of high lacrosse. There were three yeah. lacrosse scores. Okay. Yeah. We also saw, you know, pitchers calling their own, like Otani and Dylan Cease called their own pitches because they didn't want to have any mix up with their catchers because they're on under a time crunch and you don't want to waste time shaking a catcher off. So you call your own pitch, you get on the rubber, and you get ready to throw. This way you save time. We also saw Rafael Devers get called out on a strikeout for not being in the batter's box when there's eight seconds left. So, well, get your fat butt in there then. He stepped out. It was uh, there was a, it was a, it was it was like a pass ball or a foul ball, whatever. And he stepped out of the box. You know, catcher got a new ball from the from the umpire, threw it back to the pitcher. And this is where I think, as a pitcher and catcher, you can screw with the batter. If there's a pass ball, right, and and there's nobody on base, obviously, and, or a ball that bounces in the dirt, and if you see the batter step out of the box, boom, let's go. Get the ball from the umpire, throw yeah, it back to your go. pitcher, because as soon as you bring it back to your pitcher, the Tick. clock starts. Tick. And so that's what happened. So the pitcher got the ball back, and Devers stepped out. He adjusted, you know, adjusted his batting gloves, and he steps back in. He takes a deep breath. It's a three-two count or whatever it was, or two strikes. And by the time he got in the batter's box, seven seconds on the clock. Umpire goes, good time. Good strike three. Batter's out. Rules are the same I, for everyone. Prima, I saw something. Madonna, I saw something crazy here. today. Like in the Mets game, uh, Pete Alonso like took too long getting back to first base. Yeah, after a foul ball. Okay, and what they do? Put another strike on the batter. Yes. So instead of a one strike foul, it was oo. He fouled it off. Should have been o one. They said it's o two now. Good. Because Good. Get your fat ass back on the base. <laughs> yeah. It's like the the pace of play is too slow. You're a professional athlete. You're not in a wheelchair. Get back to first. Yeah, it took Good. too long getting back to first. I guess he wasn't on first within the same time, like the eight seconds that the batter had. The batter has to be in the box with eight seconds left on the clock, and Alonzo wasn't back yet on the bag, touched up and ready to go. And so everyone's got to be on the ready for play. It's like, of course. Uh, yeah, it's you know what this is? This is turning like baseball into almost like football. There's a play clock and it's speed it, dating, man. You got to be ready. Be, it's a volume game. Most of the girls are going to hate me. So we got to go through as many as possible. Listen, basketball is a shot clock. Football is a play clock, right? You got to yeah. now baseball has a pitch clock and and. Uh, there was a couple of balls that were called automatic balls, and there was that automatic strikeout given to Devers. But for the most part, watching games, and I watched a bunch of full games today, I wasn't really bothered by it. I lo- I loved the when I when I was watching. Mm-hmm. I loved the pace of play, you know, yeah. and and how quickly everything is. And I I and you know what, the proof is in the pudding. The excitement we we have never we never talked baseball before the season starts. Now Scott being here certainly helps. But we had a, a pod. We talked hours and hours deep, deep into the night. We talked baseball. I think we're all like jazzed about baseball. What's going on, right? Well, I don't, there was a. I won't want to know on opening day. So no one, no one cares. I'm very jazzed about baseball. One, you're, you've got a perfect record. I'm an expert, Fizz. I'm I don't one like to one. Brag. Oh. I paid the big. I suck. There was sounds uh, like there's only one expert between the two of them. Stolen bases galore today too. You know, talk, talk pit, to me about that. What do you got for pitchers only being allowed to throw over twice and uh, guys taking off the bigger bases? What was the now? success rate? Do you have a uh, how many were thrown out? Oh, uh, let's see. Was it? Uh, you know, I could really see if you've got a liability at catcher. 
<laughs> now all of a sudden, every, it seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, the only guys that get thrown out stealing bases are slow guys, and they always get thrown out by like three inches. <laughs> right? Yeah. So here we go. We had on opening day stolen base attempts. The average length of the 15 games here on opening day were two hours and 45 minutes. Still too long. Last year's average, three hours and three minutes. Mm-hmm. So opening day this year was about 18 minutes left less than the typical Good. contest last year. And we did have teams, three really high-scoring teams. Games. This year went uh, teams on opening day, 21 for 23 on stolen bases. Who who got thrown out? <laughs> right? Know. And, well, you know, when you go 21 for 23, you're not attempting enough. So this is almost like the word's going to get out and they're going to— they're really going to pick on bad catchers and slow pitchers without a move. There were 14 pitch timer violations, nine by pitchers or fielders, five by the batters. Do you think it's a point of emphasis and that they'll give the, everyone a little more of a benefit of the doubt as we move forward in the in the year? I think so because watching uh, some of the games today, they were saying it does it does come down to umpire discretion because here's what some pitchers were doing: they would call for a pitch com error, right? Yeah. So it resets the clock. They said, hey, bloop, bloop. I yeah. can't I can't hear. Yeah. I can't hear the, the pitch com. The catcher would come out and say, oh, my clicker's not working. Good. Okay. So now the umpire talks about it. They're like, oh, what are we going to do? And then, hey, are we going to assess a ball or are we going to let it go? That's the umpire discretion. Another situation was a uh, guy bent down, tied shoelaces. Yes. Well, it's umpire discretion. Issue. When do we start the clock? And then you'll see the umpire, you'll see them doing this little finger wave. What's to prevent me from having to tie my shoe when I know I'm, like, not going to get in there? Until there you go. Yeah. That's how you're, you can I, reset the clock. You know what's exceptional about this? The NFL rule where if you snap the ball, like, half a second late— they tell the field judge that, you know, that to, to um, even though a major league baseball umpire can watch the throw hitting the bag and the and, and the foot hitting first base and get it right every time. I know he's listening to the contact, contact with the glove, but yet somehow the field judge or whoever's making that call in, in football, um, he has to like only look over after the ball is clearly snapped to see if the play clock, you know, got, got snapped. It, I mean, is that really th- that hard, you know, to go three, <laughs> two? One zero, right? No, he has to see it, right? Seems uh, but, manageable. Yeah, but 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 then again, it's better for the flow of the game. You're giving people an extra half second, basically. The offense, at least, really an extra second, and that's good. You don't want flags flying. Yeah, uh, I thought it was a, a successful day for the new Major League Baseball rules. So Excellent. I really did. Excellent. Yep. And I think I think there's a lot of interest and excitement. And um, the red season is over since they lost at home against Pittsburgh. But aside from that, should be. Everyone's happy about baseball. But the game went over. Every game goes over in Cincinnati. All games in Cincinnati just go over. You taught me that. It's like like, like I was arguing with Scott. I was like, Arizona, it's higher scoring than Cincinnati. And then we look at the stats, and Arizona with Humidor is average in Cincinnati's launching pad. Yeah, exactly. That was embarrassing. O'Neal Cruz went out of the ballpark today. Uh, And Aaron Judge hit the first home run of 2023. How fitting. Really? Yeah. Well, the Yankees played in that first window of games, and in his first at bat, where does he hit in the lineup? Second. Okay. Yeah, and he homered on homered first first at bat of the game. His I mean, over under, which he saw. 
Second pitch. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Is over under? It's, it's now 43 and a half, not well, 44 and a half. I mean, he's on pace to hit 162 now. So, yes. He'll set, he's going to set the RBI record. Oh, I, they, more, no, more maybe that. he only got. He's, he's on pace for 300 or whatever. I think they'd have to give him the MVP again. <laughs> Didn't Hack Wilson get 180 RBIs? One Something time? like that. Yeah. How's that possible? I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, Lou Gehrig, he, his number, his, some of his numbers were absurd, but it's like, well, it makes sense. Babe Ruth was hitting in front of you. Yeah, you, you had a lot of RBI chances. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, Fez, uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Fezic Focus. We hope you enjoyed that Fez tale. And, uh, you know, it's about a morality issue, right? You but- know, and and there's things like when I argue math, I, I, I can be a jerk. And I'm like, no, the math is what the math is. A lot of this stuff is really fuzzy. You know, what's right, what's wrong, morality. And I fully respect, if you disagree with me completely, I fully respect it. I mean, this is not a clear-cut situation. I will say this. If um, if I'm ever at a blackjack table and the dealer overpays me and you're at the blackjack table and you correct the dealer for overpaying <laughs> me, I will clothesline you. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of overpaying, you never have to overpay at pregame.com because we are constantly giving you discounts to use, especially on Mr. Steve Fezzik's packages, which there are a bunch of them, including Major League Baseball through the All-Star break, right? And, yes. And then full season. Uh, I believe there's like a combo package now you can get with like all of Fez's plays. I mean, you might as well jump on that. It's probably the best bang for your buck because you just get like everything that Fez has to offer. Well, you can take 20% off at pregame.com and you can use Fezzik's promo code Vegas20. Vegas 20 will get you 20% off at pregame.com. So head to the website. If you're not a member already, sign up. It's free. Get your free $25 and then use the promo code Vegas 20 to take 20% off on the website. Fezzik's got some great packages for you up there. Ready to go. Ready to win. Fezzik was up like 37 units in baseball last year. You know that? Strong work. You know, my runs, hits, errors was so good. and it's, There was a run last year. And I, I, it was like 11 straight or something like that. Runs, I, hits, I, errors. I, I had a 19-2 and two run, and I'm 1-0 yeah. this year. So I, I played, I, I assume it won. Cleveland, Seattle did runs, hits, errors under 23 and a half. It was a 3 nothing game. I, I, we I, won. Yeah. If it's 3 nothing, you win. The total, your, your, what was your total? 23 20, and a half. Yeah, it was 14. 14. 14, yeah. yeah. Seven hits by the Mariners, four hits by the Guardians, only three runs by the Mariners. I don't like calling them Guardians. I'm calling them guards. Like, longest yard. My son, uh, my younger son... Is a bit was a big Indians fan. Like mm-hmm. he was, he loved the movie Major League. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got the Rick Vaughn haircut I, when I, he was little. Around I can, here, I can respect Mr. that. Around and here, Mister Vaughn, we wear sleeves. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he does not like calling them the Guardians. And my wife was like, "Well, it's racially insensitive to call them the Indians." And he's like, "I don't know what that means." Like, mm-hmm. I just don't like the name Guardians. Like, they, they could have picked another name. I'm not going to call them that. My, one of my favorite Do- Seinfeld episodes was, of course, when he's dating the Native American Indian. And, and he's like, we should, we should go to the game tonight. And she's, and, and she's like, I don't think we can. It's sold out. And he's like, no problem. We'll just buy tickets from a scalper. I, I mean, they, <laughs> they were really, and, she, and she's getting madder and madder. And he's like, it's, it's okay. It's okay. My, my buddy already made a reservation. <laughs> you remember this episode, right? Yes, of course. And he fo- apologizes and apologizes, and then at the end, Kramer goes by in like a cab, and he says, "Hey, Jerry, look at the wooden, wooden Indian I got." <laughs> oh. yeah. That's great. It's great. 
A lot of guys have control problems. They work it out in the minors and go on to great careers. Take Ryan here, for example. He's like, huh? Never mind, Ryan. <laughs> Do some good impersonations, man. I got to give you credit. I got to give you credit. Well, this is the Fezzik Focus here on RJ Bell's Dream Preview Podcast feed. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.